I, you know, this is one of those episodes I don't feel qualified to talk about. There's a lot to unpack here. Scott, you're not qualified for much of anything, really. Uh, yeah, you're a state employee. Yeah, I'm still qualified to fuck your mom in the ass. Anybody with a nickel, man. Shit. I got one, two, three, four pennies. Fuck. I'm not qualified. <laughs> yes, we, we get the joke. Thank you for it, Max. Because <laughs> you said I needed a nickel, and I only had uh, four pennies, which is less less than a nickel, which is five cents. Thank you, Callie. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, Scott's cat turned off his laptop again. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna be one of those days, huh? Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek with Chris. I don't know. Is a chicken capable of consenting? Hey, Mickey! Like those old uh, rub and tracing things. So choose one shaft, one head, and one foreskin, and then just, you know, rub it <laughs> off. Scott! Hi, everybody! I'm Scott! Let's talk about Star Trek! <laughs> and Fort Max! Yay! Speaking of ways to waste time when nothing else is going on... This week on that one episode of Star Trek, well, not all Ferengi episodes can be the greatest. Yeah. Who's, whose fault was this? Mickey. This is me. I picked this one as punishment for last week. But you also picked last week's, didn't you? No. Yeah. Y'all picked last week's. I don't know. And I was against it. No, you were for it. Nope. I can produce tapes to the effect that you were for it. It's true. I was, I was against it internally, but I didn't feel like five minutes. <laughs> I, look, I was only hemorrhaging internally. It's only bleeding out on the inside. <laughs> right. It's internal bleeding, which is but fine. See, here's the deal about this episode. It's a weird episode with lots of but, weird things to talk about. Yes. There's a lot to unpack. And like I said before, I, I don't feel qualified to even mention some of the things that's going on here. Then you, you should just learn to talk. <laughs> yeah, this episode has a lot of not great things going on. Yeah, no, this was Mickey's idea, so he's going to be stuck doing the summary this week. Oh, I'll think of that. Besides, I've made Scott do the summaries for like the last two months. We need some variety. And it sure as hell isn't going to be me. Why not? Why don't you do it? Because that's effort. <laughs> I feel like there's a deep, dark secret that like... You can't. You can't talk for more than like ten minutes in one shot, or like your head will explode seconds, or something. And you ten can't tell seconds us. in one shot. <laughs> no, the problem. Well, maybe our heads will explode. The problem is, it's just it's enough of an effort already being around you assholes for two hours. If <laughs> I have to exert further effort and like focus on summarizing an episode, I will just like it, it's murder. It's hard enough for. It's like hard enough to to do the show notes and keep us under control. And show notes? doing that while talking a lot. Show notes? Well, like your little notes thing of... Yeah, that's not really like a show co- notes anymore. That's just an intro quotes list. Which well, is mostly just a Scott list at this point. Well, and the uh, bleep list. No, we don't have one of those anymore. Yeah, we do. Okay, yeah, there's the Don list, but like that's different. That's not even a bleep anymore. See, I, I, I was just about... I was just about to start uh, 
saying something that you would have to put on that list. And it's not even a bleep anymore. I have a specific drop-in for that that's funnier. Uh, it has is, elevator music and everything. Is Pony Holocaust still bleeped? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I mean, does anybody even care about My Little Pony anymore? I don't think so. Yeah, so, I mean... Not, I, mean, I don't care about it to begin with. In the first place. <laughs> I, I, I did. I, I watched the first couple seasons. Fag. <laughs> they were good. See, I'd be tempted to bleep that, except that Mickey's the one who said it, so... I'm allowed to. Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, if we have Gobblas on and he says cunt, it's okay because he's Australian. And it's okay for me to say it in this context I'm using it as a demonstrative reference, not as an actual... It's totally okay for Scott to say Laven. Laven in the thing in the arm is such a doik. No, it's not okay, actually. Don't ever do that again. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) I was going to say middle-aged white man privilege. You can say potatoes, I guess. <laughs> I'd rather eat them. Can I, yeah, can but, I eat them? Yeah, but Potatoes Kelly doesn't have the same ring as Potatoes O'Brien. Potatoes <laughs> Kelly? <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty good. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like in a war movie. Potatoes, get over here. Take them front. <laughs> where are you from, Potatoes? It doesn't matter where you're from. You're Irish. No, I just imagine that was O'Brien's first year in the academy. <laughs> or, you know, uh, Starfleet Trade School or whatever you do when you're an engineer. Trade School. <laughs> he had credits on his transcript for it. I mean, Starfleet. like... It was just Starfleet Vogue. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, it's fairly well established that he, you know, did not go through the normal academy process because he's not an officer. Right, so I right. assume there must be, like, some kind of trade school set up for enlisted personnel. Like, he went to Starfleet DeVry. <laughs> <laughs> you can be on a starship in almost six months. <laughs> Join today, and we get you on a starship. That sounds like hey, the deal hey, that the... that sounds like the deal Pike gave Kirk in the 2009 movie. Yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> Kirk went to Starfleet DeVry too. <laughs> he went, he went Four to years, I'll do it in three. He went to the University of Phoenix, which they actually had us hold on the Phoenix ship that Cochran built. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's you, one other student, and then the teacher in the cockpit. <laughs> oh, just like Driver's yeah. Ed. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, that's, that's all Starfleet basically. Academy is in the 2009 movie universe. It's just like, here's how to drive a ship. Don't run into a planet. We call that a Troy. And the first time you go to Warp 1, you have to yell, sweet Jesus. And then <laughs> listen to Steppenwolf during the graduation. I mean, that part's okay. Well, why wouldn't you listen to Steppenwolf? I mean, <laughs> but we have a Deep Space Nine episode to talk about, or I should say, oh, Mickey yeah. does. Definitely. But we're not going to get around to it because y'all are going to keep on going off subject. Yeah, that's because yes, when, yeah, well... whenever I try to do an episode summary, y'all try to stop me. <laughs> so let's see. We open on rape. Oh my god, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 let's be fair. We open on planning a prospective rape. This is not rape. This is sexual harassment. Hork is giving her the choice. He's not forcing himself upon her. It's still shitty as hell and morally incorrect, but it's not rape. It's not a crime unless there's, say, some commerce law barring it, which I doubt the Ferengi have that law. 
this is this is prostitution, not rape. In an earlier no, Deep Space Nine episode, sexual harassment. So, in an earlier Deep Space Nine episode, I want to say around season two, uh, Cisco was having a talk with one of the other Davo girls about how, in her contract, uh, sexual favors are a provision. Okay, so I like to point: we are on Deep Space Nine, season six, episode twenty-three, Profit and Lace. Oh if yeah, we probably should follow mention along that. at home. Why uh, would you? Yeah, well, I'm not not recommending it. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, this is mighty rapey. This, this, oh my god, there's nothing rapey. Do you see him drugging her and sticking his dick in her ass? No. Well, we rape. don't know where this would have gone if Rom hadn't come in. He would have fired her if she didn't give him Umox. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, and I was going to also point out, like, he would not, like, he might have drugged her, but he wouldn't have, you know, stuck his dick in her ass. It would have been, you know, stick her fingers in his ears. Quark is a sleazy person, but he is not a rapist. No, he's really not. Agreed. And I find it hard to believe that he would pressure somebody into basically prostitution. That, that this, this does not – because I was watching this scene thinking, okay, well, he's got some other angle. He's trying to trick her into doing something or something like that. He's not really being this sleazy. Oh, shit, he is. Okay, here's the thing about Quark. He's not like a straight-up rapist, but like sexual harassment would totally be in his wheelhouse just because as a Ferengi man, he is taught to believe he has the – power over you know any female subservient to him which is a frankie oh. man equals to all females in his field of vision are technically subservient See, and that's what boils to down to so he's an mra okay <laughs> the, the something scene is setting up quark as the typical Ferengi culture it's yes. establishing this for the plot of the episode is this is quark okay he's representing the t- t- typical Ferengi in allura god damn that name <laughs> she's on vacation from Voltron um, she's the best employee ever but she's not giving Quark hand jobs yeah. and we can assume that based on prior evidence in season 2 that that's in her contract well it may not be specifically in her contract anymore because I think Cisco, you know Put a bit of a stop to that when he found out well, that well, was maybe it's general in her practice. End user but... license agreement. Exactly. I mean, maybe it, maybe it won't hold up in court, but yeah, court can try and get her to go through with it. Well, and it's the same way. Like you know, if Walmart wants to fire you, even if you're a model employee, they'll fire you. They'll just make up a bullshit reason for it. Yes. But what it all boils down to is that Lura is the best Dabo girl he's ever had. Lura is the best he... at what she does. And what she does is not giving Umox, apparently. <laughs> so just as he hands her uh, the Kama Sutra of Ears. <laughs> uh, the audiobook version. To cockblock him. <laughs> audiobook version. Wouldn't this be more like a low block? Yes. Well, sure, if you want to get it pedantic about it. I yes, do. Let's, let's get, let's use as many lobe puns as possible. Oh, wait, the episode already fucking does that. Yeah. I mean, this is like like Flintstones level of, of puns for ears in this episode. It's painful. Wait, did the Flintstones have a thing for doing ear jokes? I don't remember. No, it's the, the rock stone. Okay, why would you even use that as a point of reference then if it didn't? Because they do the same kind of thing with their own puns. Everything's got to be, oh, it's. You know, they're they're rock stars because they're rocks, and that's that's Stephen Granite because granite's a type of rock, and it's just. But we were know, talking that, about ears. Like, I like how Scott's complaining about puns. That's how bad it is in this episode. Even I was cringing at some. It's like, oh, come on. We get it. Listen, oh, you know what's the puns you were it. cringing at? Listen, Look, even you guys yell at me if I do puns too often. This episode exceeds my pun limit. 
See, that's why we can't You're have... You're complaining about the puns. That's why we can't have <laughs> Scott on a podcast with Paladin either, because... Oh, that'd be so much fun. Uh, no, that that's this is exactly why we should have Scott on a podcast with Paladin. Okay, okay. We can have Scott on a podcast with Paladin. Do the rest of us have to be there, though? <laughs> I'm about to not I'm leave. going to watch the carnage. <laughs> okay, so we're about 30 seconds in the episode, six minutes later. Right. And we're 30 minutes into recording. Yeah. But right. Do you have enough? Do you have enough tape, XV? <laughs> Look, we're only about thirty minutes breeze. into recording. If we count the pre-show, we're actually only like eleven minutes into the episode. We're about thirty minutes into my precious time. He look. Hey, Mickey has got classy things to do. Let's move it along. Or not? Well, I've lost my place. No. <laughs> Rom came in. Ask if we need absolute silence. All this classiness got in the way. He can't find his can't find his place now. Okay, so Quark is just about to seal the deal, so to speak. <laughs> when Rom bursts into room, yelling, "Quark, Quark, Quark, we got problems." What is it? I called mom, but she didn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably out on the porch smoking. <laughs> Oh my god. Then I called Venegas and he didn't answer. Big surprise. Then I called everyone else in Franganar and nobody answered. <laughs> okay, maybe this is a problem. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> maybe you should have led with that asshole. <laughs> so Quark realizing that maybe there is something going on in Franganar, I better take this straight to the captain. He'll solve it. The Federation will save me. <laughs> so... We cut to Quark telling Cisco that the Dominion have taken over Ferenginar. Mm-hmm. Quark kind of pipes up, that's fucking horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a good reason for that just besides Worf hating Quark. You know, there's like piles of surrounding star systems and stuff they would kind of have to work their way through first. Or Worf could have said, good. <laughs> <laughs> you could die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Dax and Kira get their lines in for the episode and disappear until next episode. Uh, and basically they say that, oh, the Nagus' ship is pulling into dock. Hooray, they're alive. And Quark's mom is with them. How plot convenient. So, Zek and Moogie enter in through the shuttle bay. And of course, Rom immediately runs in for a hug. Yes. And so what what's with the Robbie Rotten following them around? <laughs> That's Zach's personal assistant. He has a name and a species name, and basically they're the galaxy's manservants. He's Mayhardu. Terrifying. Now, I would like to point out, George Wallace, always a treat. He eats this character of Zek alive. Wallace Sean. Wallace Sean. My bad. What did I say? George Wallace. <laughs> George Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> Can you imagine George Wallace? Uh, okay, sorry. I, I, I tickled myself. Moving on. Do that on your Sean. own time, Scott. Yes. Well, hold on. Let me turn off the sound. So the two brothers uh, say, you know, we were so worried because no, we can't get a hold of anyone. So what's going on? And Oh, oh my Rom, God, you're Mom, such a good son. Public. Oh, Rom, you're such a good son. And Quark, you're such a good liar. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably a better compliment, really. 
So, Mom, why are you wearing clothes in public? Well, funny story about that. <laughs> uh, three days ago, Zek added a new amendment to the Ferengi constitutional deal that gives Ferengi the right to wear clothes in public. I like that the basic... I like the uh, like fundamental rights of Ferengis <laughs> are governed by the Bill of Opportunities. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There now one thing I do like with this episode, there's a lot of Ferengi world building, which yeah. I really enjoy. That's mm-hmm. yeah, it's one of the best features of Deep Space Nine, just like how much effort they give to developing the Ferengi as a culture. Yes. I love their clothing too. Their clothing is amazing. Yes. Um Although it also makes Ishka to... look like the biggest Ferengi that ever existed. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, they did not get the costume designers from Next Generation to work in DS9. That's no. good, though, right? Yeah, that yeah. is good, yes. <laughs> Clearly, they said, no, we don't want you to come back. Y'all have fun on Voyager. And see, they also right. didn't get the costume designers from Voyager who just went and got you know clothes off the rack and didn't even try we're, to design original We're going things. back in time to the 90s. Yeah, but they yeah. were wearing that shit on the ship normally anyway when they were off duty. They didn't have, like, you know, future clothes. They just had, you know, normal shit. Yeah, I mean, every, everything I look at, the, the clothing, and the, the, it's just amazing. The detail and the patterns, and it, it looks so, like, like it's a real thing. It doesn't look like a costume. I love it. Basically, what we're saying is Deep Space Nine is the best at everything. Yes. Including Except- cross-stitch. <laughs> Except, Except for writing this episode. Except for gender ide- identity issues. <laughs> I don't think it's about that. Uh, I mean, like, like, I want to say it was the 90s and, you know, people didn't think about it the same way. But, like, watching this episode the first time, I was mighty uncomfortable in the second half anyway. Me yeah. too. Uh, I'm not. See, that's why okay. I kept shooting this episode down over and over every time Mickey suggested it before. Okay, well, here's my thing is, if Fort Max is okay with it, I'm okay with it. Doesn't it doesn't sound if, like if Fort Max is particularly like, okay with I, it. I let me finish. If Fort Max isn't okay with it, then I'm not okay with it either. That's what I'm saying. I have no... <laughs> I'm not using my own opinions here because I don't know enough about it. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to this, and I'll explain why you're all wrong when we get to it. Okay. <laughs> We're not seven. wrong, but maybe you can see it from a different perspective. <laughs> yes, Where I just were look- we? Okay, go ahead. Um, okay, yeah, so Fringy females can wear clothing in public. So uh, basically, Fringy society freaked the fuck out. The, the markets went insane, and so everything shut down. And right. as a result, they killed sounds- the Negas out. It sounds more like... Uh- the servers got DDoS from everyone buying everything. Or selling everything. It, it was both, actually. Yeah. Wrong with the markets. Yep. So, um, yeah, as a result of this controversial decision by Zach, <laughs> um, he's been deposed, and Brunt has been made acting Grand Nagus. Now, why does Brunt sound so familiar? <laughs> because... His actor's been in every Star Trek episode ever made. Thank you. So, Zek and Moogie have retreated to DS9 to enlist the aid of their family to not let Brunt take over and retain control of the Ferengi Empire. What could so go what wrong? Is Brunt's deal? I'm sorry, Fort Max, we didn't quite get that. What is Brunt's deal, aside from being a tank? <laughs> uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I get that reference. Um, he's a Ferengi. He's a villainous Ferengi. He's no, a foil. For this, or yeah, oh, he, yeah, he shows it all the damn time. He's like Ferengi Galron. I forget whether his first appearance was when he took away Quark's business license, or if he had appeared before that. Oh, oh, oh! I know how to. He is the Walter Peck of Ferengi. Yeah, he's more competent than that, though, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know. He is sleazy and villainous, and he's there to be a dick in every single scene. Right. And since he's Jeffrey Combs, he's also there to, you know, eat up the scenery. Yeah, yeah, he chews it till it's just, yeah, to a nub. <laughs> you hardly see a Star Trek actor enjoying wearing the alien makeup near as much. Just anything they want to put on him. Yeah, and he rocked every one of them. Mm-hmm. Like I said, him playing a uh, uh, Andorian, Sean, I guess, or what's his name? Shran. Man, he was so fucking awesome as Shran. So, in Quark's apartment, which the Negus has commandeered as his base of operations, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious. Campaign office. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, no, not campaign office. Resistance the government office. It's just, just figure of speech. <laughs> so the Negus didn't want like a conference room. He wanted Quark's home. <laughs> right. So they're explaining, like, why is this a good idea? Well, if you get the female clothing, they can leave and go out. And then they'll have pockets. Pockets they'll need to fill. With money. And that means they'll have jobs. And then they'll buy things. And then, like, it becomes completely obvious this is really stupid. They haven't let females work and participate in the economy because they're shooting themselves in the foot all this time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, intellectually, on the surface of it, it's a really smart idea to, you know, let the women go participate in the economy. And this is an example of Ferengi becoming more progressive and more like the Federation. On the other hand, having a social revolution overnight that's government-sanctioned is not really the best thing to do. Those always work out fine. But we're seeing Ferengi culture starting to see the light, so to speak, in small chunks here at first, and gradually being forced to be progressive by the Nagus. Who's under the influence of Moogie, so it's all Quark's mom's fault. Yes, yes, it very much is. However, they're realizing that their their ideals might be wrong. Well, only because there is something pro- getting in the way. Only of- because there's a way to profit. <clears throat> exactly, because right. it's getting in the way of their higher ideals. They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Give me a minute. Yes, but they're realizing a traditional cultural taboo they've had is stupid. And they're giving the, – the, these people realize it's a good idea. We should give this up and we'll be better off without it. Which is interesting because apparently – and they, they kind of mentioned some other things in the episode – that Ferengi culture doesn't change very quickly. See, human culture changes over like a generation. I mean mm-hmm. one generation from the next would be very, very different than the last. Ferengi culture apparently does not do that. I, like, Yeah, they've well, indicated that Ferengi culture is incredibly stable. Yes, they're they don't like they're, they've had the same advertising slogan for their Coca-Cola for 300 years. Exactly. That's exactly the example I was thinking of. Also, Frankie culture is very old. It's a lot older than human culture. Yep. Yeah. And but, as Quark points out in uh, the Roswell episode, like the Frankie never had issues of slavery or, you know, war. civil wars. Yeah. 
So, I mean, they are clearly in alien culture in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And that's one thing and, I do like about this episode is like they, they really do explore that and go, oh, these are aliens. These aren't just humans in funny suits. Right. Yeah, this is a group of people with a completely different set of values that are entrenched completely in their society for yeah. centuries. And, and that's why a, I think, one of the things I think is interesting about this episode is we're seeing our current ideals, such as feminism and gender uh, equality, interpreted through a culture that doesn't understand our perspective at all. Right. Which I think is interesting to watch. Oh, agreed. Agreed. And there's one scene in here, too, uh, where there's like the – there's like a hint of violence, and everyone reacts like, what the fuck are you doing? Freemans yes. aren't violent. And, and and it's the way they do it, not like, oh, we're cowards. It's like, no, we're better than that. Why would you even hint at something like that? And I had this pause episode and explain to my wife that, see, Frankies are better than us because of all the reasons you and I, we all just talked about. <laughs> so They're yes. like Vulcans, only not assholes. Also, their brains are well... like 50% bigger than humans, too. <laughs> I wouldn't say they're not assholes. Anyway. So around this time, um, Rom and Lita enter into the scene. And they're married, and it's a Oh, and Nog's there as well. Right. Yeah, but you, you only have a hard time seeing him over Rom's knee. Nagus, <laughs> you might remember my son, Nog. He's the first Frungian Starfleet. Nagus probably yeah, uh-huh, I remember you. Yeah, I, I won't hold, hold that it. I'll you. try not to hold it against you. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't say it as a joke. He says, like, yeah, and... You're on my shit list, but I'm not right now. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I'll come back to you later. <laughs> You're the family so of an asset. Seeing... I'll leave you alone. <laughs> now, upon seeing the pretty double girl, Zek instantly shifts into lecher mode. Yes. <laughs> because why not? That's what Ferengi do. Well, also because Ferengi. Right, that's what Ferengi do. Again, emphasizing that Ferengi are the Highly ingrained sexist culture. But was as Moogie admonishes him, he relaxes and says, I'm just kidding. I'm just having some fun. Also, she's poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so she must like, be poor. She's Rom's wife. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so then we get this fantastic cutaway of the nigga sneezing beetle snuff at the camera and going to – a montage of them cold calling a bunch of Ferengi businessmen. Yeah. No, basically they're cold calling the entire Ferengi Senate equivalent. Mm-hmm. Every Which official, yeah, every official on the Ferengi Commerce Authority. The FCA. All four hundred and something of them. The Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Why does your mind go there with it? That's fascinating. How many dudes have you picked up from that organization? Not enough. <laughs> So, um, it starts out the montage with them just, you know, calling saying, Hello, how are you? Have you heard about the Nagus? He's got a business deal for you. And then gradually the calls get Hello? worse and worse Hello? and worse until Hello? they start insulting Quark's Hello? mom. Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> it it's a it's a lovely directed and edited scene, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gets like, the point across very well in a funny manner. Right. So upon learning that nobody wants to help Zach out, Zach's pissed off because he made these people rich, and they're not giving it to him in return. I mean, they were an investment. He, he doesn't give this business advice out for free. <laughs> but thankfully, they got one person to come. Nilva, the head of Slugocola. 
the slimiest drink in the galaxy. It is. <laughs> Which is great, because he's very influential. However, he's also probably the least lucky to change out of anybody they talk to, because they really don't change. Well, there was that one year they had a new Sluggo Cola, but then they that, they backtracked that pretty quickly. <laughs> and they went, you know, uh, Crystal, which was clear, and that didn't work out. No, 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 you're no thinking... that, that's Pepsi. Oh, okay. Thanks, Fort Max. And it's back already. <laughs> Thanks, Fort Max. <sighs> so, Nilvin is coming. Guess who's coming to dinner? And I believe Nilvin is not particularly a fan of the Nagus either, but he's fascinated by this whole female advisor thing. He's basically coming for the novelty of the situation. He he's here for the show. show. Yeah. Yeah. So, a little while later in Quark's bar, Brunt shows up to gloat. Uh, shit. Hold on a second. I think he okay, lost sorry. his place again. No, <laughs> Netflix stuttered on me. Okay. Yeah, so the, the Nagus crashes their party. and Acting, he, acting Nagus. Yes, acting Nagus. <laughs> and he sees Quark's mom. He's like, oh, God, that's disgusting. Get her out of those clothes. Uh, I love how she just preens and prances in her clothes, too, with her massive boobies. <laughs> <laughs> They're called uns, Scott. Use a technical term. I'm sorry. I apologize. Massive uns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big uns. <laughs> MR Biggins. So uh, Brunt goes through the, you know, it's so ironic that I just helped save your mom. And now your mom's responsible for me becoming Nagus. Everything's coming up Nagus. Acting Nagus. <laughs> I love that Rom just sort of comments to the side. That act, that really is ironic. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's actually the appropriate use of that word. <laughs> so Brunt turns to Quark and says, you know what the, the eel wasser I just ordered? Cancel it. You bring me a sluggo cola instead. Ha ha! I know your gig, and it is up. Eel wasser must be the Pepsi. Yes. Which, uh, that's German for eel water. Yeah. <laughs> so why is that is a German name? <laughs> Because they import it from Germany. It's a German drink. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. I didn't Clearly know I've never had a German drink before. I'm not cultured like you are. It's like tequila, only from Germany with German eels. <laughs> das eel. Eels are all over the Black Forest. They're everywhere. They, have, they live in trees. Yeah, they'll drop down on you. It's terrifying. Yeah. So, uh, Brunt gloats that um, I know the chairman of Sluggo Cola is coming. I'm going to fuck up your plan. And then I'm going to render you all destitute when I'm Nagus. Ha-ha! Manslave, let's go. I'm going to liquidate you. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, okay, he's there apparently with nobody to guard him but his knockoff Mayhardu. They could totally just call in a couple Nausicans and solve the whole problem right now. But that's not how Ferengi operate. Also, that's not entirely true. Quark has tried to hire Nausicans as hitmen before. But... Uh, hiring Nausicans to assassinate the acting Grand Nagus probably would have some consequences. Acting consequences. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are plenty of acting consequences in this episode. <laughs> so Quark kicks the acting Grand Nagus out of his bar, and he about has a heart attack when he realizes what he's done. 
But he does it in such a badass fucking way. He goes, this is my bar. I want you out. I mean, he like mans up on him and it's awesome. Yes. So also point of uh, Cork standing up for what's morally correct rather than what is immediately financially correct for himself. Right. Oh, that's that's the Quark we all know and love. Mm-hmm. So Quark will choose family over profit. Up to a point. Yeah. If as long as he, he reaches it in a safe manner, he will go that way. If you force it on him, he won't. He has to not be aware that he's making the choice. Right, right. Because once he realizes what choice he's made, he's like, "Oh shit, what have I done?" Yeah, it's like when I know. But he's making the choice that you asshole, get out of here. Yeah, you're and insulting then... my mom. Get the fuck out. Right. That's one thing about Quark is that he and his mom fight a lot. But he always gets defensive about her. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah, a I lot. Mean, I mean, he gets to say shit about his mom. Nobody else is allowed. Right, but that's a nice realistic portrayal. That, yeah. you know, that's his mother to abuse. So Quark uh, goes up to his room to sulk, and his mom comes to visit him to see how he's doing. And <laughs> one, I love Quark's outfit that he's wearing here because it's so non-flamboyant. It's almost like casual clothes for him. He's having a down day. Yeah, you're and right. He, he's He's wearing like a vest, and, and that's about it. I noticed that, too. He's kind of underdressed. Is it because he's depressed and they wanted to show that? Well, he's you know laying around in his quarters. He's <clears> taking <throat> his jacket off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not on the clock. Right. But uh, he just sort of crumpled up on the couch in a fetal position. Which is kind of adorable, actually. <laughs> but it also puts him in the role of the child in this scene, yeah. clearly. Yep. And so his mom comes in and tells me, it's not so bad. We'll get this sorted out. Have you got anything to eat? I'm hungry. Yeah, she is wearing a skin-tight outfit, too. I think it's a little bit of overcorrecting, because in her previous appearances, like, since there were no actual female Ferengi clothing lines to choose from, she basically just, like, draped herself in loose fabric to not be naked. Mm. So, you know, now that it is legal to go and wear clothes, yeah, she's going to find the tightest thing she can to show off. Hey, I'm a lady and I'm wearing clothes. I don't, I've seen enough drag queens to, to suspect that she's probably padded. Oh, well, yeah. I, I would imagine. Because, again, it's the whole point of emphasizing <clears throat> female wearing clothes. You can't do well, anything about <clears throat> it. I, I believe that the actress is, but what about the character? Oh, the character is not no, but yeah. Oh no, I could believe I could believe the character is also padded just for you know. Emphasis. I think she's got too much. I think she has too much pride for that. I think that's. I think she just has a banging body. Quark's mom has a banging body. There, I said it. Well, she's the, got a lot of latinum in the trunk. The Nagus would know, wouldn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, he would. <laughs> what does the Nagus's re- penis look like? <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna say not keep. Keep imagining. Not not like his head? I mean... <laughs> no, no, I'm basically just trying to figure out the logistics of a penis with Ferengi ears on it right now. <laughs> I'll let you know when Shake. I have something, you know, more workable. I think, I think the ears might face backwards, though. Well, you, could, you can fan somebody with it by shaking it up and down. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's like, like you know, a thrilled lizard, and, you know, when it's, you know... <laughs> Like normally you can't see that they're there, but when it's full erect, they you know open out to the sides, and it's a it's a display thing, you know. 
to intimidate rivals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, um, anyway, Quark and Quark's mom's conversation continues until Quark uh, eventually decides that she's the worst thing to ever happen to Fringy culture in the history of ever. And she calls him a terrible son. And then uh, she has a heart attack and dies. Woohoo! Well, that's inconvenient. For the plot. And for us. So, um, and for Quark. Moogie is, of course, rushed to sick bay, mm-hmm. uh, where the the family and Zek and all are having a nice, friendly conversation about why they all hope she lives. Well, also what happened. And Quark lies and goes, oh, she had some tube grubs and then just keeled over. I don't know what happened. Weirdest thing. Damnedest thing. Too much tube grub bacon. Yeah. And apparently she needed a new heart. Yeah, that's how bad her heart attack was. Uh, so uh, Bashir enters in and says, okay, I replaced her heart. No big deal. <laughs> but <she'll> what? Need... <laughs> yeah, well, she'd... well, yeah, this is 24th century. Picard's got an artificial heart. It's no big deal for him. Mm-hmm. So, But the thing is, she'll need three days of bed how many? How many Ferengi heart... How many artificial Ferengi hearts do are they going to have on Deep Space Nine? They're, they're in the boxes next to the self-sealing stem bolts. You just replicate one. Yeah. I believe that's one of the purposes biomimetic gel is actually for, to replicate living tissue, or and stuff that bombs. can become yeah stuff that can become living tissue when integrated into a body you know something like that. Probably. Now I would like to point out that uh, Alexander Siddig, I think that's what he was calling himself at this point, uh, the Doctor Bashir, he actually uh, directed this episode. Yes. Well, I mean, he had to have something to do since he barely had a part in it. Or maybe he only barely had a part because he was directing the episode. Yeah, but the way the rest of the episode's going and how, you know, three other characters only have, like, contractually obligated, you know, high and by appearances, I kind of figured he probably wouldn't have had a role anyway. I kind of get the feeling the way that works is that an actor says, I want to direct an episode, and they looks okay, well, we've got this heavy focus on these people that you're not a big part of, so you can do that one. Yeah, I would assume that's the case. Yeah. So uh, Bashir, as Bashir has explained that uh, she's three days of bed rest, and she just keeps saying this is all Quark's fault. This is all <laughs> Quark's fault. <laughs> as he just glares at Quark, thinking, you motherfucker, you gave your mom a heart attack. You're scum. If there's only some way I could easily get back at you. Hmm. <clears throat> And so, then uh, I'm, I'm trying to fast forward to the next talkable part here. Well, then they go to Quark's bar, and now he actually spills the beans that he was like yelling terrible things at her. <laughs> that's how they express affection to each other. Yes, right, they, they've right. always fought like that, and she's never died before. <laughs> <laughs> so then in walks Brunt. So sorry to hear about your mom. Too bad that Nilva's coming. Like. Before she'll recover. I guess that screws up your plan for her to talk to him, huh? Womp womp. Yeah, he's only here to talk to a business-minded female Ferengi. Too bad there's not another one of those in the sector. Or whatever the fuck he says. This is where they threaten to get violent. Yeah. Yeah. And Brunt's just like, whatever, you're gonna fight me like a barroom brawler? Right, it's said with such disdain. And even everyone else is kind of like, ugh, you know. Yeah, this is where I had to pause and go, okay, see, look. <laughs> Frankie aren't violent because they're cowards. They're violent because violence doesn't solve anything. They have other ways to get what they want. 
So Brunt laughs off into the distance. <laughs> and so they try to come up with a plan because Brom suggests, well, why don't we just delay the meeting? Because he's not going to accept a delayed meeting. That's well, 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 they also have yeah. a time clock hanging over them because Brunt is going to be installed oh, as right. yes, the full that... Nagus in like two more days. So that was the reason. Yeah, two yes. more days at this they point. They don't have any more time. Yeah, and, and they goes, well, what about Lita? We could have Lita do it. And he's like, no, a, another female won't do it. It has to be a Ferengi female. Then what about a hologram? Hologram's no. a great idea. No. I've got a better, better than a hologram. Unnecessary surgery. Let's go. Okay, this is where I got to say something. <laughs> so this is a procedure. This was a procedure, surgical thing. They turned they they did a complete gender reassignment surgery on Quark, and it was apparently outpatient done in half an hour, whereas heart surgery takes three days to recoup from. I assume the three day recovery from the heart surgery is just letting the new organ integrate into the body. Um. Well, there are other new organs involved here. Yes, but none of those new organs are like you know vitally essential to continue living. I'm also gonna assume that they're non functional. Like, I, I would think that, you know, the, the core of the cardiovascular system probably requires a little bit more recovery time for everything to kind of get its shit back together. I don't think shit goes to the cardiovascular... You know what? Never mind. Um... Listen, you don't know how Ferengi biology works. Stop talking. <laughs> Fucking shit hearts. Okay, so... <laughs> One thing I love about this, though, is that... They went to Bashir and says, we need Quark to have a sex change operation for a couple of days. And Bashir's uh, and like, you... okay, cool. I've got 15 minutes. No big deal. I've got no ethical problems with this. <sighs> yeah, I... I well, no, 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 no. What? There is no ethical problem with doing sex changes in the future. Oh, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. It's just unnecessary surgery. It's, it's also not... transhumanism. Which Star Trek very clearly is against. Ah, but Bashir is transhuman. Does he know that at this point? And even if he does... He knew that yeah, he, does, he does! No, no one else right. knows it. No, yeah, but he, no I think it should be it's, done! It's, it's no, still this illegal is uh, late fuck. season six, so it should have come out already. Like, that right. should be public okay, yeah. knowledge now. And it's still illegal as fuck. Transhumanism... But it's tampering. Uh, yeah, all... it is. He's no, got a whole DNA is exactly the same! The only thing he's done is just do cosmetic surgery on him. That's not true because his hormones are out of whack too. So they did deep hormones chemical... is not DNA. Yes, but it's still chemical changes inside him that made Look, him feel. I, I've is... got these tiny blue pills that do hormone stuff. Right, right. So you're 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 female, just like Cork is now female. That's a pretty yeah. big change. Cork is not female. Cork is cosplaying as a female in a very extreme manner. I'm not okay no, with I, this. I'm just going to go ahead yeah. and be on record with that. I am not okay with most of the rest of the episode. <sighs> I Well, like I said, I mean, I'm not saying I have any kind of answers or my opinion should mean anything. <laughs> All I'm saying that is that like, the premise of this makes me very uncomfortable just as like an outsider looking in. Okay. Why? Well, I don't think it's a very sensitive portrayal of what they're like. The way our the way society is, it's not a sensitive portrayal of what they're actually talking about. 
Like they're turning and it into like a some joke, of the and stuff I don't think that's it's... treated as a joke in this episode. I have had said to me in one hundred percent serious, and that's okay. and that's where I just want to kind of go. I don't want to say anything else for the rest of the episode. <laughs> okay. Like I said, Which, like the first time I watched this episode in the late '90s, I was looking at this and being like, "This does not feel like a right thing to be saying." And you know, just as time has gone on, uh, and you know, things have changed and evolved in society, it feels worse to me now than it did back then. Yeah, it's Cause... like, what the? I was just watching this, and I'm like, what the hell, Star Trek? You're usually better than this. It's not a feeling I can articulate very well. It's just it makes me really uncomfortable. Well, I think it's interesting that in the last, since this was made 20 years ago, think of how much our modern culture has changed since then, technologically, uh, medically, and culturally, how much we've changed to accept this kind of transgender kind of thing going on. I mean, 20 years ago, this was like such a weird idea that someone could change genders, Yeah, that it was like the sci-fi thing, there was no real moral weight behind it but now it's like a topic that matters we we have to discuss this you know as a, as a culture not us here because <laughs> but uh scott's but, sounds you know, of discomfort are a lot more entertaining than mine <laughs> well I, i'm having them that's for sure <laughs> so i i don't know it, it just I, they make a point that say he is female he doesn't just look female they didn't just put boobs on him i mean you know, they, they trimmed his ears. They did a full surgery. The, he went into surgery. They changed him to a female in every way. They make a point of that. He's not cosplaying. They turned him female. No, okay. he's cosplaying. Well, because it's well, here, here. extreme cosplaying, but cosplaying nonetheless. Right, because Quark's brain still is basically male. Uh, I disagree with it, that because of the chemical changes they induced in him. No, well, okay, you're you... getting into like a really touchy area here of whether it is I'm trying to think really carefully how I want to say this. Um and Fort Max, you know anything I say that comes off as insensitive is not intentional and I mean, you know, no offense or disrespect. You're getting into a really touchy area, Scott, of where it's is it, you know, the thoughts in your brain do not define gender. Yeah, is it the thoughts in your right. brain that okay. define male or female, or is it the chemicals in your body? And, you know, that is a whole big thing to get into. Okay. Here's the way I understand it, and if I say something that's incorrect, correct me for it, Max. That being transgender starts before surgeries or hormones. That it's who you are on the inside. It's, it's your personality. That's who you yep. are. Which is why he's cosplaying. Right, because Quark, who he is is not what they physically made him. Okay, see, when you put it that way, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, they have physically transformed him into a female body. Uh, like, you're not wrong to interpret that part of it, but Quark okay. is not a female character in this context. Okay, Case in point, makes... he feels uncomfortable being in a female body. He has dysphoria of being changed. It is, yeah, like, everything he is experiencing is alien to him because that's not who Quark is. Right. I see. That see that is to me that explained perfectly well. That that makes sense. See, I'm thinking physically, not him as a person. That's that's the distinction I, I should have made. Is physically they turned him female, but he is not female as a person. I that yeah. is a, that is the key distinction I should have said, and I completely agree with that. Okay. No no confusion here on that. Satisfactory, everybody. For now, let's see where this goes. <laughs> but yeah, that I just. 
Yes, Fort Max? Hmm. Um... I don't think so, because I was still getting the the chat messages. So as I was saying, it's an abomination that should be destroyed. It's, oh, wait, no. Different conversation. <laughs> Groovy. Okay. <laughs> you tell him, hey, Mickey. Well, some people don't listen. <laughs> okay, where were we now? Uh, I think we were solving uh, transhumanism in, in, a, in, a, in a podcast. All right. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we open up on the scene with the quark. Transition? Okay, uh, so... Let's not use that. Yeah, I don't know what word to use. I don't know. <laughs> We're just going to call Quark in a female body. Okay. Okay, so um, Quark is adapting. It's unsettling for him, deeply unsettling, because it's not who he is. Uh, everyone else is trying to be encouraging. We're just laughing. Look- well, but they're telling him he looks lovely, which apparently by Fergie standards he does. Well, He's quite a comely lass. Now, the thing is, he does act like he actually cares about what he looks like. He's actually starting to take on affectations of femininity or stereotypical femininity, which I think is very strange in this episode, too. Well, also, he's been addicted to the shitload of hormones, and when you ever get dosed with hormones heavily, quickly, it'll mess with you. Agreed, agreed. Just yeah, I'm not saying the reason why, I'm just saying that he is. Yes. But yes. Also still, also probably hopped up all painkillers. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they use painkillers. He's hopped up on goofballs. <laughs> Do you think they still use narcotic painkillers in the 24th century? Nah. Or did they just have like little gadgets they can, you know, scan over you to deaden the nerve impulses? They just no, give everybody baby aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, they they do have all kind of anesthetics and stuff like anesthesine and all kind of chemically stuff. So yeah, they still have all that. Okay, so um. And as they're talking to Quark, they start to notice that, um, well, Quark, you're not acting terribly feminine. I don't know if this illusion is going to work because you're stomping around. You're lumbering. legged and your elbows are out. <laughs> and your vo- voice um, is very male sounding. You know, um, maybe the first step in getting Quark to you know move more gracefully would be to not put Quark in those those heels. But he looks well, so immediately amazing. <laughs> Like, you know, let's start so, him out in flats, something he can actually, like, you know, get used to. Uh, uh, girl, no, never flats. <laughs> Not a simple biscuit heel or something. <laughs> yes, queen. So, uh, thankfully, Ram is there to show Quark how it's done. 
because Rom, being a savant about all things, mm-hmm. knows how to work. <laughs> to which, um, which turns on his wife, which is awesome. <laughs> and so the question, like, maybe we should have made Rom the con man in this. Well, the problem is Rom's not a very good businessman. Yeah, Rom's an idiot. <laughs> a very sultry idiot, but an idiot. <laughs> and poor. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one goes with the other. He doesn't have the lobes. I, I don't know. Well, there are no rich prostitutes. Just senators' wives. Oh, snap, senators! I know you're listening. I know you're listening. How you like that call out, senators' wives, who listen to this podcast? That's right, bitches. Oh, Oh. Political humor. We are cutting edge. <laughs> Topical. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Cream. So, um, I like that apparently Quark is so attractive as a female that Zek starts stroking his thigh. <laughs> it's just a reflex. <laughs> I mean, I, I can say that if, like, my son-in-law, or, or no, my stepson, rather, if my stepson, you know, wore a dress, I would immediately be sexually attracted to him. It would be well, wrong no, to we'll hang up on Scott again. On. We need to put you on a list. With- Due to content restrictions beyond our control, we are unable to bring you the remainder of this sentence. We apologize for any inconvenience. <laughs> It'd be legal. It's like... Fortunately, that would only get exactly five minutes on this recording, so that'll be easy to come back to you later. <laughs> what? Okay, well, before Zek can get to second base with Quark, <laughs> uh, Nog enters the room and says, Hold up, guys, Nilva's here right fucking now! Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! And so they quickly decide that Quark, now known as Lumba, as in Lumbering, <laughs> needs to get ready right now. So he needs to memorize all his mom's notes, uh, learn how to walk, learn how to talk, um, and he should probably learn to give Umok, So, but he's got literature for that already. Yeah, I, <laughs> I kind of feel like there should have been like a Disney-like montage at this point. Well, we already had the montage earlier in the episode. You don't have more than one montage. I was going to say, I... I think he's probably already pretty skilled at giving himself umoks. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, you know, you want someone who knows how to receive it so they know how to give it. Yeah, I mean, the only reason the literature exists is for exactly the reason, you know, Quark has the literature, which is to give to someone else. Right. That's From why whom... dudes give better head. <sighs> so, yeah, well, I, think, well, I think the least challenging thing Quark is up against here is memorizing the notes because, like, that's something that he can wrap his head around in any case. Yeah, because he actually is a good business person. He may not agree with the intent of those notes, but, like, financial stuff is financial stuff. Yeah. So, Nog has gone to go greet and greet. Okay. (laughs) He's going to go greet him. (laughs) That's disgusting. Even Fringy don't do that. Greetings! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Deep Space Nine! Intro quote. Offensive. <laughs> Would you like to take a twip on a woundabout? <laughs> All right, so Nog is greeting uh, Nilva here. And I love that Nilva 
exits the doors with a slug of cola extended here or drink this if you want to live. Yes. <laughs> He's like Willy Wonka, but with cola. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Of course, not. Of course, I drink soda. They're delicious. I love soda. Yeah, gonna take you to your room and solve for time. <laughs> and Nova's like, nope, no time for solving for time. I've got to get this farce on the road. So he just starts walking down the thing and goes, lead on, and just goes in a random direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, fortunately, Deep Space Nine is a big circle, so as long as he just go, you know keeps going on one corridor, he'll eventually get where he's going. <laughs> yeah. The numbers were going up, now they're going down. What the hell? Yeah, where is where is the north south boundary on this road? <laughs> Deep Space Nine's international right, so dateline. <laughs> As he's walking in a circle, he eventually stumbles into Brunt, and Brunt just thankfully stalls for just enough time for Court to get his shit together. But uh, this is where Nilva learns that Ishka is sick, and Nog tells him you'll be meeting with Lumba instead. Wait, he's got two female advisors? That's amazing. And Brunt's like, oh, wait, hold up. This doesn't sound right. Where right. did he get another female in clothing from? Excellent question. Stay tuned until Hey Mickey answers. Stay tuned until I find the next conversation point. <laughs> okay, so, so Quark is busy practicing uh, and complaining about his earrings hurting, which... Not terribly surprising, that shit looks heavy. Uh-huh. I yeah. mean, it's probably pulling the glue attached to his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I was going to go a little more in-universe with it and be like, you know, Frankie ears are super sensitive. Maybe, like, you know, ramming holes through them with pieces of metal is not the best idea in the first place. Pierce nipples. I don't want that. Well, course, matter, at the same time, it. pierced labias, too. Uh, yeah. I don't really Pier- get humans. Like, I think they're <laughs> most... I piercing, like, at all. Like, ears, nothing. Ew, no. I mean, I, I have several natural holes in my body. I'm pretty okay with that. Um, but, one yeah, or two but, of them yeah, I could probably actually do without. Holes. Yeah, I don't want to add surplus holes to my body. Yeah, I can't keep track of the holes I have. I don't need to add more. Well, that's what you have a wife for, right? Yeah. She can keep track of them. Yeah. She better keep track of them. No, she does. As long as you keep track of her holes, I think everything will be fine. <laughs> well, I've got, just Apple. I've got this app on my phone. And <laughs> well, no, it's easier to keep track of someone else's holes because you can see all of those easily. <laughs> uh, okay, I well, better not say not anything else. Clothes. <laughs> not if they're clothed. That's why they need to be naked, like fringy women. Exactly. Right. So you know how I hold a bowling ball? That's how you know they're not holding latinum in their labia. <laughs> right. Actually, for a Ferengi, that might be a turn-on. That true is like a treasure hunt. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like finding a, it's like finding a prize in a box of Cracker Jacks. I, I can imagine that being like some kind of an activity with Ferengi couples. Like, you know, hide some latinum in your lobes. I'll come looking for it. <laughs> Blindfold me. Let's do this. <laughs> or I'll look for it and come. <sighs> Oh, there's gold in them. There are ears. <laughs> That's it. I'm out. <laughs> you know what? He can get away with that. Hang up on me for my puns. He can get away with that because he's more charming than you, Scott. 
classy. I think classy. I'm adorable. <laughs> yes. You're just Scott. <laughs> I like talking about Star Trek. <laughs> Look, you used that one last week. Uh, okay, all right. It's not cute so, anymore. Nilva crashes into their training session, and Quark's got to do this shit live. Fuck it. We're doing it live. So, you know, I I do well, like Nilva's introduction just because he's like one of the most, uh, you know, uh, like assertive, confident Ferengi we've seen in Star Trek, which makes sense since he is a like prominently successful businessman. Yep, he's not cowardly. No, not, not at all. <clears throat> no, you don't get the head of being a giant corporation like that, but being meek, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And his boldness immediately takes Lumba out on a date. Because <laughs> he sees her in clothing and he likes what he doesn't see. <laughs> yeah, because it's a kinky thing for them to be wearing clothing, which is an interesting take on it. Yeah. I love the, the line, too. They're having dinner. It says something to the effect of, you know, how, you know, you're wearing clothes and that's so strange. And, you know, believe it or not, I'm not embarrassed to be seen with you, even though you're wearing clothing. And, she's, and she, Quark, Lumba... I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. It's just like, oh, well, I'm still naked under my clothes. <laughs> just the dumbest line, but apparently it works on him. Well, yeah, I mean, in this situation. So I'm still naked under this room. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the thing is, too, like, you know, Ferengis that go out into the galaxy, interact with other cultures, like, they have to kind of get used to the idea of females, at least of other species, wearing clothes. That, Like, that should be a, a bridging point into, even if it's a case of, these weird backwards cultures that send their women out to actually, you know, perform labor uh, other right. than childbirth. I, I have to imagine it's like for Ferengis, it's like going on a National Geographic expedition. <laughs> except the... in reverse. <laughs> right. Like, so when they come to these weird... Crunchy kids people... looking at, uh, looking at the magazine for the clothed women. Yes. <laughs> so, so a Sears catalog would be like porn to them. Oh my, look at the bra and panty set. So as a, or th- this woman has full jeans on. <laughs> and a shirt. And they're okay with that? I just need to borrow this magazine for a few minutes. Yeah, all of our <laughs> daytime TV shows would be considered pornography on Ferenginar. Yep. <laughs> we don't have TV in the future, though. The Ferengi might. Yeah, they got hollow sweets. That's they like TVs. Ads. Oh my it's god! Ads. <laughs> Frankie Hollowsweets probably have commercial breaks. Well, that could get. Re- that's a real uh... commercial breaks or product placement. Same thing. I mean, bowls. You know, this All sexual right, so... fantasy brought to you by Krispy Kreme. Lego Cola. Slimiest cola in the galaxy. Forty-eight percent algae. Guaranteed. Live okay, algae. So... Yes. The meeting goes on, and Cork begins to do his thing that he actually does do well, and that's talk business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not execute business, mind you, because he's still not that successful. He can talk business. Mm-hmm. Well, he just, so, you know, he's not super successful because he doesn't have the opportunities. Like, he's making the best of what he can. He's skilled beyond his means. He just does yeah. not have the opportunity to get out there and, like, turn it into something more. And yeah, he's he- had a lot of bad luck, too. Exactly. That's yeah. kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, he's stuck on DS9, basically, running a bar. I mean, he had to, uh, you know, pester his cousin Gala for, like, a decade or so just to get a little ship out of him. 
court treasure. <laughs> well, I think that's what Nova's after at about this point. So Cork is explaining like why this is a blatantly obviously good idea of double your workforce, double your consumer base, double your pleasure, um, double your fun. <laughs> and you create new markets for profit. Yeah, like but, but, soda, for example, which we know isn't doing so hot versus the German eel water. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and I like this part, too, because it goes in and goes, yeah, well, females can drink soda. He's like, no, 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 no. But you don't market to them. You're not you encouraging to them. them to drink soda. You're not right. tricking them to buy your Virginia Slims. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You've come a long way, baby. <laughs> Now you're going to get lung cancer and emphysema like the rest of us. Ha ha ha. I sure do like smoke. <laughs> Have you seen my grandchildren? <laughs> I'm only 32, but they're so adorable. Take a look at them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got pictures. This one's Dakota. <laughs> this one's Dallas. <laughs> this one's Fort Worth. <laughs> <laughs> That's Austin. We don't talk about him. He's a little funny. <laughs> I'm like holding matches into his eyes or something. <laughs> oh God! Ugh. What have we become, my sweetest friend? So that sounds uh, very sad for you, Scott. Nilva <laughs> likes what he hears. He likes it a lot. There's a lot of talk of money and profits and more profits and more money, and that gets his ears stiff. And so mm -hmm. now it's time for dessert. I think his canals are self-lubricating at this point. <laughs> so uh, he... I imagine they're Ferengi with the wax fetish. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what's gross in this episode. Well, that made me think of smegma and smegma fetishes, and that's gross. That, that is gross. When aliens land, let's not tell them about that thing. Let's see if we can keep them away There's from that. There's plenty of things we should not tell aliens about. Or would an earwax fetish be more like scat? Oh God, German? No, that's eels. You're thinking of? Yeah, the eel bosser. <laughs> or Max save us. <laughs> Sorry, there is no saving any of us. <laughs> Cut on a bullshit loop. We can't escape. <laughs> I have you ever? Do you know what podcast we're on? Yeah, I know. I know. Every fucking week. <laughs> yeah, and Scott, just imagine when you're seven years deep like the rest of us. Oh, I've been seven inches. Wait, no, years deep. I don't know. I lost it. All right, so. Your mom. Your mom Nilla lost it a long time back ago. Up to his quarters and proceeds to go for dessert. Uh, I assume they're having pie. <laughs> Vagina. Yes, indeed. Quite. Uh, so, and this is where the episode gets even worse. This is where I said the episode does get rapey. Now, uh -huh. compare that to what you called Quark being rapey earlier in the episode. Compare it with this scene. And tell me who's trying to rape someone who clearly does not want it. Oh, no, no, no. Well, yeah, I, obviously. You're quite right. Quite right. No arguments here. Coercion is... I'm, like if if Nog hadn't uh, interrupted, it would have gotten incredibly ripey. Now I like to think though that Quark 
pretty much could have kicked his ass. And the only reason he he's holding back is to like blow the deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Quark, I mean, as we see a little bit later, Quark is not to be trifled with. So, um, speaking of interruptions, here comes Brunt. <laughs> Who comes in and sees Quark hanging from the ceiling, literally. <laughs> Swinging from the rafters. Brunt's like, what is this, a Beastie Boys video? Get down from there. <laughs> Did you fight for that right? So Brunt's like, that's not Lumba, that's just Quark in a dress. You're retarded. And Quark, um, seeing that he's about to lose his deal, shows zero hesitation. Uh-huh. He knows what he needs to do, and he does it. Well, you know, if he's about to lose That's the deal, pretty- he obviously has nothing else to lose at this point. That maybe his vaginal <laughs> virginity. So, uh, he lays one onto Nilva, and it's convincing. But Brunt is not convinced. Maybe Quark should lay one onto him, too. So, uh, Quark does his best to get himself some Mardi Gras beads. This is so weird, guys. Girls. Everybody. This is so weird. So, we learned that Bashir is an excellent surgeon. (laughs) And a gracious one, too. And a, a, a very giving one. And, um... That's good enough for Nilva. He's on board. It was like, because nope. boobs. Yeah, if that's that's definitely a female. Showing that perhaps females do have the true power in the Ferengi society. Well, as I as I explained to my wife, men rule the world, but women rule men. That's evidenced by Zek as well. Uh, yeah, exactly. That and the fact that Zek is functionally senile without Ishka to actually like run the empire for him. Yep. Uh, is he? Yes, they actually established that when they set up the relationship. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he, he does, and he does like forget things and say things, and she has to correct him. And he's like, "Oh, yes, of course, you're right, dear." So that even happens a couple times this episode. In the episode where they like set up their relationship, Quark broke them up, and Zek gave Quark a job in the tower, the Tower of Commerce. Um basically as thanks, if I'm remembering it right. And Quark got to witness firsthand how badly Zek runs the financial empire without someone to actually, like, keep him on track, keep him, you know, focused and whisper tips in his ears. Or maybe just put tips in his ears, I'm not sure. No, you're not <laughs> supposed to put Q-tips in your ears. They say not to do that in the package. I don't know, just the tip. Just the tip. All right, so uh, at this point, we smash cut to like 40 minutes later in the episode where all the problems have been resolved. Yes. Because either we've run out of time or they ran out of ways to write an ending. So Quark has uh, been changed back to normal for Quark. Um, but he's still recovering from his hormone levels being messed with, so he's a little emotional right now. Female sure are hormonal, aren't they? <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> but well, that would be up. the stereotypical joke, but yeah, if you... That is the joke. Yes, yes that, that is literally the joke. Hormones, think about male hormones, we'll see how stable your emotions are back-to-back like that. Of course. Yeah. That but would yeah, fuck with anybody. It is kind of played up as a cheap joke a little bit, though. It's not. It's not. It's not like really bald faced, but it's still there. It's something that was written. It was probably a cheap joke, 
but there's enough science behind it that you can kind of look past it, past what their intention was, and see, well, that, that just kind of works still from a logical story point. Well, he doesn't say that I still have a bunch of female hormones in me. He says that my hormones are out of balance, which is much more accurate to say. Yes, that is – it's hard to object against that statement. Agreed. The intention of that statement was written might have been wrong, but we can choose to interpret that in a way that's less wrong. Right, and it is – if we take it literally, then that's it. Like I said, they, as you, if you take it straight, then as it was given – Yes, but I'm saying with the rest of the episode. Uh-huh. Yes. In context. Now, I would like to point out that Odo is, you know, I guess maybe because he's a fucking liquid life form, being solid is what's weird to him. He just doesn't give a – he could not give less than a shit about all of this. He's like, oh, okay. Well, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> That's all he cares about. He could give a shit, but as soon as it leaves his body, it just turns back into goo. I was like, <laughs> oh, you changed form once? That's cute. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point, Amy. I don't see what is bothering you. Right, yeah. Let's see you sleep in a, this morning. Yeah, let's see you sleep in a bucket for fifteen years. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, let's see you maybe not a, have a nose. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a bucket would be comfortable. I do like the fact that he actually gets a hug from Odo, and Odo, who actually does care for Quark, you know, gives him a hug. He hugs him. He hugs his buddy. I love it. I think it's more that like he's too confused by it to object. <laughs> he's just like. He has that deer cotton headlights looking like, what's going on? What is this? What is this? Oh, God, someone's looking at me. I've got to go. <laughs> well, he, he does, but he still, I mean, he still accepts the hug. He could have, like, stiff-armed him or said, no thanks, or fuck off. What, mean, I, what, what I want to know about Odo is, does he ever have off days where he just, like, forgets to form a body part? <laughs> Odo, why do you only have eight fingers? Oh, sorry, hold on a second. <laughs> Or, like, forgets ears or forgets his nose. Or... Right, right. Got your nose. <laughs> <laughs> so, wrapping this episode up, Allura shows up and says, okay, I read the book. I'm ready to go. It got me kind of hot. Of course, like, nope, nope, nope. I can't do that. It's wrong. Forget I ever said anything. I respect you now because you're my equal. And she's like, oh, well, that's too bad because I was going to bone you because it was hot. Bye. Yeah. So, oh, wait, hold up! And then freeze frame on court chasing after her. Yeah, I mean, that part I'm kind of confused with, too. It's like, well, wait a minute. Maybe, okay, so if she's into it, then there's no problem. Right? Right. So rewind Except to the, from the, the episode. fact that he is still her employer and... Oh, 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 like you've never fucked your boss. I've done that plenty of times. You fucked my boss? Yes! <laughs> Stop <laughs> fucking my boss! <laughs> She's like a 65-year-old woman. <laughs> oh, but she gives No, it so no, much, no. He fucked the people of California. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where No, I think life did that all by itself, Fort Max. <laughs> California's awesome. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, so, but Allura here, rewind back to the end of the episode, she's confused by being asked to bang Quark. She never says no, though. Right. She's just like, I can't even... I need to think about this. She thought about it. She came to the conclusion, yeah, I'm down for this. <laughs> right. She exerted her, her decision. Which is kind of weird. But well, okay. I do okay, like... so. Go ahead. As a whole, this episode is really weird. Because it is 
simultaneously very chauvinistic, but also very feminist at the same time, to the point where they muddle each other out, or just doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense one way or the other. Well said. The problem is you get the really interesting setup of, okay, Zek has made an amendment to the Constitution, revolutionizing their society potentially. Their society is collapsing in response, and they have to fix it. But they decide to turn it into basically just a big joke because it's a Ferengi episode instead of actually, like, rolling with the whole concept all the way. And, like, I know it's got to be about the, you know, at least one of the main cast members, so Quark has to be put in a position. At the same time, though, it would be a lot more interesting as a story thing if it was Quark has to sit there and learn to support his mother in saving his home world. That would be more interesting, but I think the reason why this is a comedy episode, not just because it's a Ferengi episode, because we're set in the last half of DS9, which is heavy, heavy stuff. They need to have comedic episodes to break that shit up so the series isn't a constant downer. Suggestion. Have comedic episodes, then. Not this pile of shit. Whoa. (laughs) Fair point. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to say Fortnite is wrong at all here. No, but I think that they realized that the Ferengi works really well with comedy. And I think that's what they were going with, because they can do Ferengi comedy easily and it works. It's hard to make war funny. No, it's actually not. You just have a whole episode of him trying to make suggestions and everyone ignoring him. Well, okay. And you know, so you just make more intentionally funny. I, I don't know, I think that's intentional. Just you know, watch the steam start emanating from his ridges. As he gets more and more frustrated. Be quiet. I am not a merry man. <laughs> Die. That was amazing. Sounded just like him. <laughs> he did look adorable in the hat with the feather, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is a great episode. I think it's an interesting episode. There's a lot of talking points in it. And I can easily see how it could be considered very offensive. However, I can also see alternate ways to interpret it where it's not as uh, offensive. I think depending on how you look at it, it changes. By taking everything out of context. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) So, okay, so here's here's the thing about media uh, that I've, I've read about is that should you look at media in the context of the time period in which it was written? Do you consider the artist's intent or do you consider the viewer's intent? That's the question of art. Yeah. Is it what I get out of it personally, or is it what the artist was trying to say? Right, because 20 years ago, this could have been very progressive. You know, just like... Just, uh, well, look, look, look. I don't see how. Yeah, I really disagree with that statement, Scott. I, I would like if you could expand on that a little bit. Well, I said could be, because they treat changing genders like it's no big deal. There's no stigma attached to it. It's just right. a medical said it's a big joke. Yeah, that's basically well, the thing. Like, yeah, you're right in that in a a, mechan- a mechanical sense, um, yes, they treat it like it's just you know okay we can do a this it's no big deal, uh, but then as a result of that they turn the rest of the episode into a joke about hey look Quark's a woman now. They 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 do, but it could have been and, and this is a weird thing to say. And like I said, I, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here, so no no nasty letters. <laughs> uh, if they do send him to XB, he loves them. Uh, Actually, that's true. Being, being devil's advocate, I mean, they could have made all these cheap jokes like, oh, look, you know, oh, do you want to, like, 
I don't know. They could have been so much worse to make all these, you know, very sex jokes. Not to their. That's. I know. Oh, it could have been worse. Is not a argue. Is not a valid argument. I for completely anything. agree with you. Yeah, I mean, that's, how, that's like, how. Why how most, are you making it? That's how most well, people try to defend the Transformers we have to movie. Talk about Scott. something. Well, no, because <laughs> if we all agree on the same thing, we don't have a conversation. <laughs> right. Because I'm playing devil's advocate, and I'm trying to do this. Why? From, when, well, because this is what we're talking about, and this is twenty. This is an episode that was written twenty years ago, if not more. And and there's a big gulf between now and then, and it may not seem like it does because we love this show, and it still seems you know like well, at least to me it seems like yesterday. But you have to remember it's been 20 years, and culture is very different now, and we're you know as we should be, we're more progressive and more open-minded about the kind of things. So at the time, and that's my question about media, is should you take it in the context and time which it was written? Because there are things written in like the 30s that are just terrible, but they were considered progressive for the time. TOS, the original series, was considered extremely progressive, but we are always ripping it for being sexist and weird and this kind of stuff. So I think this is just a symptom of it. They stepped out of the boundaries a little bit, as Star Trek is wont to do, and maybe they stepped in a big pile of shit, but they kept going forward and they're still a Well, I mean, okay, force. so you say TOS is progressive, and in some things it is uh, in certain points of view, like, you know, Uhura being an important member of the bridge crew, theoretically, um, which is not a thing that really even paid off until the animated series several years after the fact um at the same time though well no that paid off before then that inspired tons of people well i just mean like in terms of what the character was actually allowed to do that didn't really pay off until the animated series where she you know basically like took control and kicked ass on a couple of separate occasions um Whereas she was basically just the secretary in the original series. But in the original series, there is also an episode who, where basically the entire basis of the plot is Starfleet won't allow women to be starship captains. So, like, yeah, there may be progressive attitudes in some of the stuff, but there is also still stuff that's terrible by the standards of any point in time. Well, I, no, no, I disagree with that. Saying that, that trying to apply morals now to, to morals of past is unfair, and it just does not work historically. I mean, I, I, I have to disagree with you there. That at that time, that still was considered progressive. It's not progressive to our time period. And just like 100 years from now, we're going to be considered cavemen for the shit we're saying now, and that's okay. Well, I don't think it's. I don't think it's came in for the shit we're saying now about people now. (laughs) I don't think it's progressive at all to have an episode where, again, the the premise of it is based on how they explicitly state Starfleet will not allow a woman to be a starship captain. There's nothing progressive about that. But it's progressive in other ways. I I agree that. How? How? Like how is that progressive in any way? He's not saying that is progressive. He's saying the show Okay, well, I mean, and I've already yeah. acknowledged that, yeah, the original series has its progressive elements, but there is also stuff like that instance where it's completely anti-progressive. Right, which is which I was making that exact point about this episode. All in all, Star Trek is very progressive. Sometimes they step out and they step in a pile of shit. Sometimes they get it wrong. But overall, as a cultural force, they, they're very progressive. But when you're pushing boundaries and you're going outside of boundaries – you're going to run into stuff that isn't going to work, and that's the danger you take. If you want to stay conservative and stay this is the way things have always been and use the same fucking Sluggo Cola uh, you know, saying for, for 300 years, that's fine. But that's not what Star Trek does. That's not what Gene Roddenberry's vision was. Well, and, and I, you know, in talking about vision and, you know, author intent and everything, I don't think this episode was ever intended to be like a progressive statement really. 
I I don't know. I think they still wanted the element. It's still well, Star Trek. Okay. It's still in it, the DNA. It was trying to be progressive, but not about transgender progressive. It's trying to be feminist. Uh, that right. women are yeah. equal and just as good as men, and they should the proper right place in society. They should not be. And that message is completely objects. fine, but they could right. have expressed they could that do it message without shitting all over trans people and making the same jokes that we've heard millions of times before. Exactly, they could have had the same. Uh, you know, feminist message, maybe an even more effective just one. Just do it without Quark being tur- – being, uh, just do it without the Quark in a dress. Because, I mean, so, you can take the whole same first half of the episode, the same setup with Quark, you know, establishing him as, you know, being the representative typical male Ferengi. Just giving Moogie a heart attack. I mean, you could even potentially keep that part in. But, you know, at that point... Okay, have her not have to take the three-day bed rest. Yeah, well, yeah. Basically, what I'm getting at is you had the same setup with Quark being typical male Ferengi representative and him having to learn by helping his mother get through the important meeting that will save the day, have him have to learn firsthand that, yeah, a Ferengi female is every bit his equal in business and is now essential to keeping the government running the way... He's used to it running, even though there's going to be these progressive social changes going forward. Like, make this be Quark's journey about realizing that this is the change of the future, that his mother has an important role to play in society as a representative of the new Ferengi woman going forward. You know what I mean? You can do all that. You can get the same message across And you could actually have the women be the, the woman, the actual woman, be the one making the change. Yeah. And not the dude dressing up as a woman. Now, Now that... Yeah, now that I, I absolutely see, because I always thought that was weird too. The whole point of this was to show that the you know a female Ferengi is just as capable, and da, 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 and they turn around and didn't do that. They didn't show that a female Ferengi is just as capable. You know, because, Ishka could have done it, but they didn't. They had Quark do it, like you said, basically in drag. Right, so because they, they, they needed the point this to be a comedy episode. Yeah, and now I'm seeing Fort Max's point more clearly of why this this is not good because. Why, when I first watched the episode, I interpreted it as that transgendering, changing someone's gender, is not, such a not big deal in the future that nobody really cares to, to – they just do it on the fly. It's not a big deal. Right. I saw this progress, but now I'm seeing Fort Max's point here is that yeah, it, wasn't th- even it was a, all played that, for was, a joke rather yeah. than – because when else have we ever seen transgender in Star Trek? There's no one talking about someone just switching genders because that's what they want to do. The only time they ever brought up is when it's brought up here for or a comedy Trill. episode. Yeah. Trill do it too. Trill do it. Well, and when, well, when Trill do it, it's kind of a... It's that's, that's, that's not the same thing. Yeah, it's, agreed, agreed. But it's the closest thing but, that we so, have. I am definitely sitting what Formax is saying here now, which I did not sure. really even grasp onto the first time because my brain just didn't cross that way. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, all the, the gender swapping here in this episode is done solely for the joke of the uncomfortableness of Quark being the gender he does not want to be. Now, but he does learn from it, though. He does have a, a character arc. He does, but the intention really is more to poke fun at Cork having to be something he's uncomfortable with. Yeah. And that's not cool. Um, even though I interpreted po- progressive notions in the episode, that particular aspect of it slipped by me. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a message that's worth delivering in the episode but they kind of sabotaged it and kind of you know tossed it aside because they had to bring the comedy side into they it. They kind of put shit in their ice cream. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah. Mix five gallons of ice cream and five gallons of shit, and what do you get? Well, five gallons, gallons of ice cream shit. and one gallon yes, of shit, even. Um, or just, you know, go get some soft serve with Golden Corral and run into the chocolate wonderfall. <laughs> well, no dinner for me tonight. Thanks. <laughs> Let's see. This is. This Scott, is why where are you going I... to Golden Corral tonight? <laughs> I mean, there's oh, worse. Don't think about his wife like that. I would not admit it. <laughs> Look, there's worse choices for dinner than Golden Corral every once in a while. There's Old Country Buffet. <laughs> old Country Buffet. I haven't been to one of those since I was probably 10. Let's each what's for dinner. <laughs> I haven't been to one of those since the one in Tulsa closed. But what road did you take to get there? Uh, 21st. Oh, man. Is that after 5? The 21st is terrible. No, no, because when we'd be going there, we'd be going there for my grandmother's. <laughs> okay, what road did you take to get to your grandmother's house? The toll road. It's the one that went through the woods <laughs> and over the hill. That? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but see, this is why I wanted to pick this episode, because I knew we'd have something to talk about. Unlike last week, we're like, oh, look, it's Q being funny. Ha ha ha. Well, no. What no, me and Scott and Fort Max had plenty to talk about last week. You just weren't interested in talking last week. Right, because it was boring. This is interesting. <laughs> there's talking points. There's, there's there's drama. There's dissent. There's things to discuss and work out and learn from. So I mean, basically, we're, we're an educational podcast. I mean, I just – I feel like – of the group here, you're the only one who actually needed to learn anything from this episode, Mickey. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, That's it. I don't want to hear the rest of this. <laughs> Whoa. It just seems like me and Scott and Fort Max were kind of on the same page about the interpretation of this episode, and it took you until like five minutes ago to actually catch up with the rest of us. Yeah, get with the program, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's never going to talk to me <laughs> Me either, probably. <laughs> oh, you should be so lucky. <laughs> uh, well, I got to no, I still maintain oh. there are positive things in this episode. It's not a complete shit show. There is a skeleton it's... of a positive thing in this episode. I, I will not dispute that. Um, I would just say it needed to have a lot different execution to actually come out as a positive thing. I mean, just think if they were to make this episode in 2017, how different it would be. Well, there'd be Same more premise. lens flare. <laughs> <laughs> Same premise, but think how different it would There'd be. There'd be, probably be less rainbowing. Because, <laughs> God, that composite video does not do any favors. No. No. Yeah, man, when the hell are they going to make Blu-ray for DS9, and when is it going to get They're not going to. They are never going to. Fuck, it's so annoying because you look at TNG and it looks amazing, and, and DS9 looks good, but it's not amazing like TNG. No, it doesn't amazing. look good. The new TNG stuff that's all no, high res no, looks Deep great. Space Nine doesn't look good. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't look nearly as good as TNG, and it no, should. No, it doesn't look good at all. See, okay, so like, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to do right. Deep Space Nine because the TNG sets didn't sell well enough, but you have to also take into consideration that uh, a lot of the back half of Deep Space Nine switched to uh, CGI ship models for space combat scenes and everything. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just a matter of that they'd have to, like, you know, relay or recomposite some of the special effects over practical stuff like they did for TNG. They would have to, like, ground up, recreate uh, a lot of the 
really complicated ship battles. Except that apparently later. they still have a lot of that stuff. The original models still all on I mean, the original files still in working order. Yeah, and even if they didn't, there are plenty of fan. Trust me, I have seen plenty of videos where people have uh, fan models or even official models which look great. They could easily redo it. I, I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. And I okay, okay, okay. you know what the real problem CG here models. is? Is that the next generation Blu-rays did not make a lot of money? Yeah. There's no profit in spending the money on DS9 to fail again. Goddamn Ferengi. But I still think there's probably more cost involved with redoing Deep Space Nine, which is not helping its case in any yes, event. There is more Agreed. cost involved in DS9, and they see even less of a return in Exactly. On it. Exactly. Yeah. Which is dumb. But thank God we got Enterprise on Blu-ray, right? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it was already yeah. filmed and aired in high definition anyway, so. I Was it filmed? Well, at least part of it was. Part of it was shot in HD, at least. Oh, I was, I was thinking it was shot digitally. Oh, it probably was. I'm just using filmed in yeah. terms of, you know, images were captured on a camera in HD. How about that? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <I swear. laughs> oh, boy. See, that's how you know that no matter where we've gone, that we haven't actually offended Fort Mac because she's still being, you know, perfectly typical Fort Max, Fort Max at us. Yes. Being, being pedantic <laughs> about film quality. <laughs> And terminology. Yes. Well. Speaking of film quality, got that last uh, disc of the Gavin Blu-ray's encoding. He's made of chrome. He's he made of an chrome, tube. Gavin. Writes an inner tube, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to poop, Gavin. <laughs> I miss JD. So do I. We all do. <laughs> But the poop will live forever. <laughs> it's probiotic. <laughs> oh, nitrates. So we won't have a Star Trek episode next week. Instead, we will be uh, resurrecting superhero time for a week. No, actually, it's going to be superhero time presents that one episode of Star Trek presents superhero time. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> yes, the movie. Right. <laughs> that, that's technically correct <laughs> I'm probably actually going to do that too are you going to make a new graphic for it yes <laughs> you won't be able to actually you won't be able to see any graphic behind all the text but yes I'm going to make a new uh, album art for it It'll uh, be I might even listen to thing. it well I mean you should be listening to all of them Scott you need to get our numbers up you should be watching the Power Rangers movie because seriously it is good you should be watching it and then come on with the come on the podcast with us. I don't, know, I don't know if I could stand like the first hour and ten minutes being a bunch of shitty teenagers being shitty. Yeah, but don't let that stop you. Like, I know you don't want to be on the podcast for that reason, but don't let that stop you from watching the movie. I don't know. I I I, I don't know. Besides, those teenagers are all uh, grown adults. Yeah, they're they're about thirty. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like Billy, it's like forty or something. So it's just like actual first season MMPR. So and then I, yeah, because like in Zio, they were he was a uh, like what a forty-five-year-old high school student <laughs> <laughs> that graduated early. No, but I think David Yost was twenty-five or twenty-six in ninety-three. Yeah. 
He was too old to even be a twink then. Oof. Fate worse than death. Yeah, yes, we will uh, actually have some Power Rangers content next week, probably. All right. If you're lucky. And, you know, if for you're real. good all next week. You know, for real this time, not like when I, you know, last Saturday when I posted that one. <laughs> oh, yes, that was that was quite excellent. Was anyone mad? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Where? Where were they mad? Just search for the Superhero Time Twitter tag. Yeah, and, you know, look at the mentions for it. Oh, crap. Wait, what are we looking up? I want to. There's their drama. I want to. I want to know. I mean, well, I want to know drama. It's not drama. It's like you know, butt hurt. Oh, I like butt hurt too. I like butt hurt. <laughs> it's purposely trolling people. Oh, good. Well, you know, last Saturday was April Fool's Day. Yeah. Oh, that was. Oh, that was fucking hilarious, guys. I gotta say, I love that. <laughs> I listened to that and I enjoyed it. <sighs> oh, you must not listen to the actual episode then. I, I listened to some of it. <laughs> 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 but I got enough to, to get the humor in it, and I I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I no, and see, you. that's like the good kind of April Fool's joke, because I didn't actually lie. Nope. I was exceptionally misleading, but I didn't lie. If uh, <laughs> if this one re- GUIS release had been a few days later, it would have been the perfect April Fool's Day joke. <laughs> because, indeed, we would have actually been releasing a Ginga Man episode <clears throat> on April 1st. And it would still be an actual episode release. I don't get it. God damn it. Okay, the uh, five man ep- the f- five man episode with the oh. Ginga Sentai Ginga Man. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I've got the fucking Ginga Man theme song stuck in my head. <laughs> Want the English version? I have that. No. Cause I think the English Ginga Man theme was actually done by the regular singer. I still don't want it, though. <laughs> How about English Kuga? That's one that's like a laundry detergent commercial, right? <laughs> no cheer. Yeah. No gain. Yeah. <laughs> washing clothes alone. <laughs> Only you can get them clean. <laughs> Show washing. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm going to take some portion of that as an intro quote. <laughs> I love when Hamicky sings. <laughs> uh, Remember that I called you up when I was singing and drunk? Yes. Well, that was only a couple well, of days ago. Right. It was Hollow Notes. I called him up in mid Maneater. <laughs> that could have a completely different meaning from you, Mickey. Uh, no, I just said Hollow Notes, so that's a very specific meaning. Yeah, not, not Man Swallower. <laughs> Well, look, you have to eat before you can swallow. And plus, I'm not a lean and hungry type. I'm a fat and hungry type. <laughs> Give me more! Yeah, there's there's ways to respond to that, and I'm just going to leave it alone. Yeah, that's probably best for everybody. Probably already enough trouble from talking this episode. Yeah, after some of the things I've already said tonight, I think I'll just leave that one alone. Yeah. Don't want to completely alienate Mickey. So... Who's waiting for Kimono Friend Season 2? What the fuck are y'all talking about? By y'all, I mean like all of Twitter, because I seriously can't be arsed to look this shit up. <laughs> uh, it's a really bad quality anime that had a weird That apparently story. was made by, over the course of 
a year and a half by ten people for almost doing no all budget. the animation. <laughs> okay, so why does anyone give a shit? Well, if it was just down to like the art and animation quality, nobody would. It was uh, mostly just the story hook that got people going on it. The story of who made it, or the story of the actual anime. The story of the an- in the anime itself. We didn't actually find out about the ten people and no budget thing until I think the final episode had aired. Yeah. I mean, we knew about the uh, anime for a uh, mobile game that uh, closed down before the first episode even aired. <laughs> I speak of mobile games. The Power Rangers mobile game was pretty good. You know what second season I'm still waiting for is One Punch Man. Oh, you're not waiting for Attack on Titan Season 2? No. Well, that, that's already started. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah. So, okay, Attack on Titan. I, I, I think still I watched... no going in, Still no finding out what's in the basement this season. Uh, so Power Chamber. I watched, I watched the first first season of that. I mean, it's an incredible premise. But anime, to me, seems to have that problem with have this amazing premise. And that's it. And then it goes show, that's TV in general. And then it goes, no, no, I've seen other shows that actually explore shit. But, I mean, anime, like, specifically seems to, like, just drop the ball. They get this cool premise, and they, they stretch it out, stretch it out, stretch it out, and then it just kind of just fizzles into nothing and then just doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah, basically the only time I actually will pay ongoing attention to anime is when, um, like, most of the time I can rule out, you know, decent story Every once in a while, you get something that will actually fill that, but basically, you have to kind of just accept that you're not going to get that. So, I usually look for decent comedy uh, or interesting art style. Sure. And in the case of yeah. interesting art style, it's more a matter of, well, maybe I should just turn the subtitle track off since I'm not going to really pay attention to what they're talking about anyway, and I just want to look at the art. Right, and hope there's a fight scene that comes up soon. Otherwise, they're just standing around in like their two cells of animation while they talk. Although, if a show has particularly pretty like background art, like it doesn't really matter what they're doing. Now, I will say, for on Kimono Friends, did background art real well, which is about the only visual thing they did well. Yeah, <laughs> everything else is full of, is clipping all over the place. It yeah. reminded me of Zoids. I don't know. Zoids at least had uh, vehicle tires that rotated. Well, the vehicle <laughs> tires rotated most of the time, just not in the opening where it mattered. Or the first up couple episodes where they had a working bus. It was a cat bus, too. Sadly, if... it did not fly and does not and is not also a crap stall. Well, they could learn to make crepes out of it. Bonus points if it's diet crepes. I need to rewatch Mega Ranger. And Car Ranger DVDs are out this month. And I assume they'll probably end up announcing Mega Ranger DVDs at San Diego. Maybe, yeah. Because that's really just what we've been leading up to all this time, them getting to, you know, official release of Car Mega Ranger, Ranger. Mega Ranger, and Ginga Man. Those are the big three that I've wanted a long time. They're going to find the worst quality video for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm already fully prepared for it to be the same thing that Toei has on their DVDs. So it's going to be worse. They're going to take it from VHS tapes. Ah, but see, in that case, the thing you really have to worry about is Time Ranger. Like, what is an official Time Ranger DVD release going to look like? 
I have uh, to think garbage. Yeah, base machines back in when it first started streaming. Oh, when it was a, the size of a postage stamp from Canada? Yep. Huh. TF Extreme. Man of Machine. Sure. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Good. <laughs> oh, no, I remember now. I wonder if, uh, you know, after the whole O-Ranger thing, if somebody's going to, like, pay a little more attention to what subtitles get put on the Car Ranger DVDs. See, what, what I'm hoping against hope, hoping against hope that they just hire Co from here on out. It would save some time, like some, you know, middlemanning. Yeah, oh, and especially since she's already translated, uh, well, the next two releases they'd have anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they get, quick but job. yeah, if they get Co, it would be, hey, four, four co-translations in a row. Already done. Though if they don't get her, I'm just sad that it means that we'll never get to see all of Car Ranger fully uh, translated by her. She wasn't interested in going back and redoing the early episodes? Oh, no, no. She already did. Okay. It's just that the other people that uh, the other people at Horror Rangers never did anything with it. Oh. Yeah. Well, that kind of sucks. Like, do scripts even exist? Well, she yeah. has some. But the yeah. other people from Horror Rangers do, but... I mean, I don't see why there's any reason that they couldn't just, like, post the scripts in case somebody wants to, like, mix their own. I wish they would. That would that would be nice. Ask them? You know these people. They seem to have all disappeared. Well, except for Ko, but she she's disappeared from Twitter, but... I'd have to... I'd have to bug Megan for that for uh, that or something, but... Well, it's not like he's busy. He just sits there all the time talking about trains and um, what's-her-name who is Girl Forze. I I think now he's uh, moved on to uh, Chameleon Ranger. She does seem to be the new favorite. Seriously, there are nine people on, the, on this uh, team. Only two of them are girls? What the hell? Well, and, like, one could be a dude in a suit. We don't really know. Well, she's voiced by Luca. Right. It's just, you know, we don't know. She lives on the second floor. She lives upstairs from you. In the command center? Yeah, I think you've seen her before. What episode are we going to watch next for Star Trek? Or are you guys going to talk about that next Monday? I mean, we could go ahead and decide. It's not like it's really, you know, up to Paladin and Ken what we do. Yeah, that's it what I was asking. It could be. <laughs> because, look, I'm up for anything. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm easy. Yeah. That's what your mom said. Well, he, he gets it from his mom. Yeah. I do. I get it from my mom, if you know what I mean. That that was, that was oh? a joke, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> See, hey, Mickey doesn't think that's funny because he's, he's met her. Yeah, I would say he's met her. <laughs> M-E-A-T. Oh, wait, no, that different word. Never mind. Uh, so, yeah, Star Trek episodes. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I guess I'm not picking one ever again. <laughs> I found, I, like, hey. a, an interesting episode full of controversy and things discussed about it. And I'm like, no, you're stupid for wanting to talk about things. Let's just have Q being funny. <laughs> well, okay, let's find some more Q being funny. <laughs> right. 
Let's just do. Oh, all how about one reason Voyager? That's that's a good idea. Well, we could uh, do the uh, we could do the first Voyager Q episode. Oh no, let's do one with Q's kid. Oh fuck you! Oh man, a Q. <laughs> yeah, that's the title. That was gonna be an Enterprise season five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where the Enterprise meets Q and the Dominion at the same time, and the Kazons. <laughs> the Enterprise I mean, ends up in the Delta the Quadrant for an afternoon. Yeah, if anybody can handle the Kazon, it'd be Captain Archer, the greatest of Starfleet captains. Plus, I mean, look at how backwards the Kazon are in the 24th century. Like, they're probably, you know, barely even leaving orbit in the 22nd. <laughs> they run into him in a space shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, we made orbit! Who are these guys? <laughs> Yeah, the Enterprise just, like, warps into orbit and knocks them back down. Okay, so does Archer ever get more likable as a captain? Because the more time I spend around, the more or less he's kind of a fucking idiot. Uh, not really. Great. Yeah, the, the Archer why... character doesn't really evolve. No. Which is why I like Trip so much, because Trip does, and Trip makes a great fucking captain. Anytime Trip is in the captain seat, it's fucking rad. You'll see. Yeah, maybe... you maybe, see. Maybe... Archer's uh... MO seems to be like... I could do something wise, or I could do something fucking stupid. I better I take the, the the stupid option. Yeah, yeah. Well, much. and you know, in another context, like having a captain who always wants to take the fucking stupid option could be great. Except, it never leads to anything fun. Exactly, like it does Kirk. Right. <laughs> Kirk would be like, "I'll drop kick them." Yeah, that's like, the, that's the thing. Like Archer, in a lot of ways, seems like they're trying to make a Kirk type captain with him, except without any of the things that made Kirk fun. Like the oil and the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so like the Enterprise episode where their ship was damaged from the Romulan minefield or whatever, and so they could take it to like this free parking garage. Yeah. And Archer's deal is like, you know what? This is too good a deal. I don't want to pay you. We're going to figure out how to get out of this for free. Yeah, what? <sighs> you had the f- money to pay them the, your cans of beer or whatever you are going to give them from your right. plasma, sir. <laughs> But nope, nope, we gotta fuck up this sweet deal because I wanna be a douche. Yep. Well, I mean, there was kind of a downside. Mayweather, climb through their Jeffrey's tubes and see if you can't get hurt. Yeah, I mean, there was kind of a downside to that given they were abducting crew members to keep the place running. Yeah, Archer never really does it. For some, I like Scott Bakula, but he just did not get the gravitas of being a captain. I don't know why. Scott Bakula is really good for, you know, being Quantum, Quantum Leap. Leap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, He's my favorite person to play Quantum Leap. Yeah. So, like, in that capacity, Scott Bakula is really good. In terms of having to lead an ensemble cast, you kind of start to lose something. I don't – well, was it that or was it the direction? You can't blame it all all four seasons on, on just direction. Or writing, because a lot of it isn't how he delivers his lines. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something kind of arrogant about him. Well, and here's the thing, too. Like, Star Trek, you'll get lots of different directors over the course of a season, even. But every time, Archer is still just, you know, Archer. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't through effort. I mean, because with Janeway, as we discussed before, you can tell that Kate Mulgrew is, like, trying to find who the hell Captain Janeway is. And the writing is so inconsistent, she's just kind of, like, doing the best she can. But with with uh, Bakula, you never get the sense that he's trying. 
that he that he's trying to make the character his own. He never tries to make Archer someone separate than himself. I, I don't know. I never get that sense. Oh, I've got a good idea. Mm. Let's turn this into a whole theme month of Star Trek fucks up being progressive. Next week I like episode, it. next generation where they fuck up homosexuals. I like it. So the androgynous race episode. One where Riker. Yeah, the androgynous race is clearly a thinly veiled metaphor for homosexuality. Yeah, I know. Right, right. No, I was just yeah, making good. sure we were talking about the same episode. Yes, we can just string together all the ways that Star Trek has fucked up being progressive in incredibly powerfully ways. Okay, so that's the second one. Uh, we need at least two more. Actually, no, we don't. We only, we only need one more because we're not going to have an episode next week. So, yeah, we just need one the more. Outcast. That's uh, episode season five, episode seventeen, The Outcast. Are there but, any like, ham-fisted race things they've screwed up that we could talk about? Planet F. <laughs> Shit, we've already done that one. God damn it. <laughs> Except that one wasn't even trying to be progressive. That's true, it was not. That wasn't even uh, trying to be a racial issues episode. That's when they were trying to make it racist. For some <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the original director was. Yeah, but Gene wasn't trying to. Mm-mm. He was quite unhappy about it, in fact. Uh-huh. I kind of wish there was, like, home video of when he came on the set and saw what had happened. And, you what know. the gosh darn are you guys doing? <laughs> gosh darn it, you guys. That is not I was trying to get blowjob by 30 crew members. <laughs> <laughs> there were some fine fillies, I tell you, too, and that has made my winner go straight down. Even the colored girls. <laughs> this is the 60s, come on. <laughs> No, 60s we're, nothing. No, we're talking about the that 80s. Was next gen. <laughs> right. Well, it was We're was talking about 1987 Sorry. here, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> he still talked that way in 87. You know it. I know it. We all know it. <laughs> okay, so whatever things that Star Trek fucked that up much? that we actually have authority to talk about what they fucked up. Well, that kind of lets out the racial issues, up, doesn't uh, it? Race issues. We kind of have a lot of legs to stand on there. Right. Yeah. Race not. Do, is, do they have one where they screw up white privilege? Because I could totally do that one. <laughs> no? Okay. Maybe not. Uh, what about retarded people? We've already done the packlets, though. Damn it. <laughs> Plus, they weren't trying to be progressive with that. <sighs> no. No, they weren't. Not remotely. Short people. Short people? Is there a midget episode? No. Well, there might be, but I don't think so. I shouldn't say midget. That's racist. (laughs) Yes, it's a race of midgets. They get a plus two to dexterity. You're thinking of halflings. Oh, that's right. (laughs) The hair on their toes never fall off. Uh, Thieving little bastards. (laughs) Can't trust them. No, we just said we weren't doing race episodes. You didn't specify which race we weren't doing. Um, hey, is there, okay, all right. Oh, God, I hope you're not. Okay, don't record any of this. Too late. Are space Jews. Are there, are there space Jews? <laughs> Can we do that? That's uh, space balls. Uh, we're not doing see. that. An episode where uh, Jadzia has a lesbian moment. Does that qualify? Well, okay, here's the, here's the thing, though. I think that would kind of, like, subvert your idea because I don't think they... – that one actually successful? Kind of, right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I think that actually accomplishes what it's trying to. 
Yeah, Those in a non-offensive way. A lot of uh, attention and praise for being daring. So yeah, yeah, that, that's something to the theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless you know you would want to like conclude the slightly abbreviated month of you know progressive fuck ups with a see here's how you do it right. Sounds like a cop out though. Yeah, it totally is. We've got like 8,000 episodes of Star Trek. There's got to be like one more <laughs> fuck up episode. Well, we should do a Google search for, you know, when Star Trek lost its moral high ground. <laughs> well, okay. When Star Trek lost... I'm going to do this exactly. Except totally. spell moral correctly. Yeah, there's all kind of like articles about this. <laughs> Uh, well, most of what I'm getting right now is just references to the Star Trek episode called The High Ground. <laughs> well, I, re- I renamed mine Star Trek not being progressive, and I got all kind of hits. Okay, like, but that's not what you said. Well, you know, I don't have to, like, type words for you. You can figure it out. You're a smart boy. Uh, let's see here. And way too many words. I don't really know that. Oh, Star Trek history, progressive values, and why it faltered. Why it faltered in LGBT crew members. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, yeah. let's see. That's a lot about the 2009 movie. Final Frontier. Actually, you know, Beyond probably qualifies for that, but I don't want to talk about Beyond. Because they're ham fisting of uh, Sulu being gay. It's not no. good. Yeah, that was. Yeah, even even George Decay didn't like that. It was like Sulu wasn't gay. I'm gay, but my character wasn't. That's okay. I'm an actor. <laughs> if only Nemo was around to say, "Yes, you are Spock." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, there's got to be. There's got to be something else. So here's an interesting paragraph. In 1981, Roddenberry told the press he planned to add an LGBT character to the TNG cast that season. But when he Mm -hmm. died suddenly a few months after the interview, his promise vaporized. His successors implemented quasi-transgender subplots on later episodes of Voyager and Deep Space Nine years after his death, but they were largely plot devices used used as comic relief. Voyager? Yeah, I don't know. what. I can't think of what specifically that would be referring to. Voyager. What did they ever do with like LGBT stuff in Voyager? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, nothing. Nothing pops to pops to mind. At the same time, though, you know, Voyager. Yeah. Kind of normal to not remember. I seem to remember future Janeway being kind of gay for herself. Well, who wouldn't be? That I mean, that does seem like it'd be in character, though, doesn't it? You yeah. Sure Thing about Intendant Kara. Kira? Or Kara, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> maybe Supergirl's there too. <laughs> uh, what about her, though? Uh, Intendant Kira from the Mirror Universe was totally Liz. Right, but does that really fit into what we're doing? No, going it doesn't. For? I'm just bringing it up because she was kind of awesome. Okay. <laughs> It's not that she was, I need a you know, lesbian Kira Nerese action figure. No, I think it was more just that she was like, you know, kind of omnisexual. Just like if it moves, she's probably interested in it. That she wasn't thing. gay; she was just slutty. Yes, yeah. She was a bar sexual. She was only gay if it turned the guys on. 
She's a lawyer? (laughs) (laughs) I passed the bar and it took a a lot of laxative. Ooh, wait a sec. What about stigma from Enterprise where T'Pol gets uh, telepathic AIDS? Ooh. 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 I vaguely remember that. I mean, that's that. Might okay. Help. In April 2000 interview with uh, Trek Web, Rick Berman stated, "Stigma was supposed to be our gay episode, but we sort of copped out." Perfect. <laughs> yes. That that that's the, the defining sense of what we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Make it so. Ah, okay. I'm looking at the memory alpha page. To Paul's position on Enterprise is jeopardized when the Vulcans discover that she has contracted a mind-affecting disease. Meanwhile, one of Flox's wives comes aboard and expresses a romantic interest in Tucker, much to his discomfort. Oh, oh yeah. We get polyamory at the same time. That's what yes. I was thinking, yeah. Brilliant. Because oh, this reminds me that they made a point of the Denobulans being like... Uh, just like completely oh, like, societally, yeah, uh, yeah. Like every man has three wives, every woman has three husbands. So like every family unit has. Oh, so like, it, so it's just like uh, that uh, planet, like that planet ended up in that uh, one episode of Next Generation. What? <laughs> uh, Irish planet. Oh, okay. Why didn't you just say Planet Ireland? I forgot what nationality it was supposed to... Well, what uh, what uh, country it was supposed to be at first. Mariposa is, oh yeah, they were all getting drunk. Mariposa is Spanish for butterfly. <laughs> yeah. That's not relevant! Fucker. <laughs> so, so what are we going to call this thing? But it actually was relevant. Would have been relevant there. <laughs> Yeah, come up with a uh, catchy name for our impromptu theme month here. Star Trek aims high, lands in shit. <laughs> okay, it's a little wordy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it progressive, it's regressive. Shit, the final frontier. <laughs> That's about half of the episodes we could talk about, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Star Trek social regression month. Social justice failures. Social I think social. I think just social regression month works pretty well, or socially regressive month because I don't know if they'll get. Y- yes. Okay. Yes. Socially regressive. Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. I just sent the link out to the document too, so we're keeping track of all the episodes we're doing. Because I'm going to actually you... write that in there so I remember it. Okay. Uh... Are you going to do it? Go go power assholes. <laughs> I've said that so many times. <laughs> and you do it in the same method as they do, though. You're like, like conjuring your power. <laughs> My ass to Don. Uh, your ass to Don? Ew. Ah, I'll take it back. I'll take it back. 